DQ presents. Picture this. Picture the DQ Reese's Extreme Blizzard. That's Reese's peanut butter cups and Reese's pieces, plus peanut butter topping and chocolatey topping mixed in world famous DQ soft serve. Now picture yourself digging in to express the excitement you'll feel. I'm talking in all caps because it's a capital E Extreme treat with all the Reese's flavor you could dream of. Underline exclamation point. <sighs> Try the DQ Reese's Extreme Blizzard and take Reese's and DQ Love to a whole new level. DQ, happy tastes good. And welcome back. I'm Charles Edmond. Glad you can join us here on 91.7 WPRL and on the World Wide Web, WPRL.org. Sports season, you might as well say, starts next week. We sweat football media day Tuesday in Birmingham. We'll have wall-to-wall coverage, about three hours of live coverage We'll talk with all the coaches across the conference. Of course, Florida A&M, Bethune-Cookman joining the league as of July 1. So we'll be talking with Deion Sanders. Of course, uh, we'll be talking with Fred McNair, Felix Harper and company. Commissioner Dr. Charles McClellan will join us. So we'll have wall-to-wall coverage, SWAC Football Media Day live from Birmingham. Get up with us early Tuesday morning. So right now, as we get ready for another collegiate season, and, of course, be careful out there, folks, with this new uh, variant. Um, I don't know if that's even worth talking about, but probably is now. Just looking at, at the news, and that's been a topic of conversation. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to get through that just like we did last year. But nonetheless, as we talk about name, image, and likeness, and we talk about athletic compliance, we are joined on the telephone by Cyrus Russ. He joined Alcorn State University as Assistant Athletic Director for Compliance in September 2017. He was promoted to Assistant Vice President for Athletic Compliance and Academic Services in July 2019. A seasoned leader and business manager, Russ brings more than 20 years of leadership and executive management experience to the Alcorn Athletic staff. Russ transitioned from the Army in 2015 after a distinguished and successful career as a military officer. Since his transition from the military, Russ has served in various capacities in the sports industry. His career includes stints as the regional director for athletes for college, executive director for Letterheads Athletic Association, and coach of NUC Sports. Russ's career also includes corporate leadership experience with the Eisman Group, Automotive. So he brings a vast array of experience to Alcorn State University. He's had an opportunity to talk with him several times, and this is um, a new thing on his plate, and he joins us on the telephone. Cyrus Russ, we appreciate you coming on with us. This has been uh, it's been a whirlwind, hasn't it, over the last uh, couple of weeks, really over the last 12 months with COVID-19 and the uh, and the extra year that these uh, student-athletes are getting. And now, as of July 1, you're dealing with the NIL, the name, image, and likeness. So the last, uh, what, 13, 14 months, it's been, uh, I'm sure, pretty, pretty exciting and pretty challenging, but exhilarating for you, I'm sure. All three of those, Charles. <laughs> Both uh, challenging, exciting, exhilarating, but with the help of a very supportive, very supportive staff to include the uh, athletic staff, university staff, the coaches, and uh, student athletes. You know, we all band, we all band together. We kind of did, did all the things necessary to ensure the success of our student athletes. 
and ensure that we provide them with as much of the resources we could so that they can still be successful during these challenging times. Of course, you came on board with the previous uh, com- compliance officer, if you will, uh, Dr. Jason Cable, of course, who now is uh, the assistant commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. So you've worked with Dr. Cable and and really having a full functional uh, compliance office. Talk about that and talk about coming to Alcorn. I mean, coming to Alcorn has always been a uh, always been a dream for me, and it was a dream fulfilled with the opportunity provided by uh, Dr. Rankin, Dr. Cable, and Mr. Horn at the current at the current time when I came on board, and then uh, to be able to to be able to stay there and fulfill fulfill a dream facilitated by uh, Dr. Lee and Dr. Nave, you know, showing a vote of confidence in me to keep me on keep me on board at the university. It's been exciting and uh, always, always a pleasure to be able to give back to the alma mater that gave me so much. You know, Alcorn, I attribute Alcorn and the relationships formed at Alcorn and the lesson learned learned there to much of my success in life. And you are a third generation Alconite. Talk a little bit about that. But yeah, that's uh, that was that, that's exciting. I mean, growing up in a family where everything was purple and gold. And all corn was part of the day-to-day conversation. You know, starting with uh, my grandmother, she graduated from all corn. My father and uh, seven of his sisters and brothers and a number of cousins and other relatives who attended all corn state. So just being, just having that family environment and just always, always all corn. The conversation was always there. But I must say it wasn't forced upon me to attend all corn, but I knew about all corn and I wanted to continue that family tradition and go on to Alcorn State University. So as these programs are winning and, and winning at a high level, I'm sure that that really gets your that gets your blood going a little bit, knowing that uh, this is your school and, and doing some good things in athletics and trying to elevate the athletic program as, as, as high as you can. As we're talking with Cyrus Russ uh, joining us here, you know, what's, what's, what's the, the, the biggest thing when you, when, when you got here and just the excitement of coming back to your alma mater, and then you being handed the post when Dr. Cable uh, left to be the assistant commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. What, what were some of the things that you really had to look at to try to solidify that office? So I think, so I think some of the major things we wanted to just we wanted to uh, maintain the success of our student athletes, both acad- both academically in the classroom and in the compliance realm as well, and we wanted to be able to continue to develop other resources for our student athletes so that we can we can help them achieve those after graduation opportunities. You know, we've shown great success in the classroom, great success in compliance, but we wanted to wanted to be able to transition to the success after graduation, showing it showing it in postgraduate school enrollment and increase there, also increase increase in the number of student athletes who receive employment upon graduation. So those are some of the things we focus on immediately during the early early time period and as you know i'm sure you're aware we also uh we also came through we also came through some very challenges challenges with the ncaa so the great foundation there and just try to continue to build on that foundation you and i have talked in the past about uh, the initiative the four for 40 um four years of college for the next 40 years of your life talk about that initiative so again another student athlete initiative and an to ensure the success of our student athletes, 
you know, student athlete promises us four years, four years on the field, four years on the court, or four years on the track, or whatever in sports they engage in. But during that four years, you know, we we want to make sure that we're preparing them for the next 40 40 years of their life. And inside that, there's a comprehensive development for the total student athlete. And within that, with that develop, during that development phase, of course, the class classroom is, classroom is first. The leadership, the leadership development of the student athlete, also providing them with uh, financial financial awareness and financial education, just making sure they're prepared to uh, move into the next phase of life when they leave the institution. Yeah, just talk a little bit about you know student athletes today compared to ten years ago. Now with this NIL. Uh, there's going to be a lot happening there, but uh, definitely the landscape is changing. Over the last 14, 15 months, it is changing. Just, just talk about how being engaging with your student athletes, how that's transformed over the last, uh, let's say, 10 years and over the last 12 or 14 months. Well, I mean, first, you just got to look at it. student athletes have much more individual opportunities than a student athlete 10 years ago. I mean, July 1st changed the landscape of collegiate athletics. First time in history, student-athletes profit off name, image, and likeness. And I'm sure some student-athletes, if they can go back in time or they can move forward in time and put themselves in this, this position, they'll be, they will be thrilled to have this opportunity. So, and you talk about student-athletes today and 10 years ago, of course, student-athletes today, you see there, the last year has a thrust, thrust on everybody a strong engagement in social in social justice initiatives and just student athletes being more aware, understanding their voice and understanding and realizing their power across the landscape of college athletics. As you look at some of the institutions, you saw where student student athletes actualize actualize their power. So I think student athletes are just much more much more aware, much much more conscious of the initiatives and the power that they possess. And they definitely have some financial power as as of July the 1st, the name, image, and likeness. And we're going to get into that a little bit, uh, but we'll, I want to talk to you first about compliance and what we've been dealing with the last 14, 15 months or so with the transfer portal. And it's it's been talked about probably too much, but it, it's always got my antennas up. You got more players in the portal than you have positions on the field. So, give us your thoughts on on trying to navigate through that and how you see the future of this going because it's impacted uh, programs and it's also impacted on the back end or well, on the front end actually with high school seniors and juniors. Has this created a log jam on the front end and a log jam on the back end and a log jam in terms of where we are right now? Because there are so many players in the portal and not enough positions on the field, regardless of whatever sport you're playing. Well, everybody views it a little differently, Charles, but I would say for the student athlete, it definitely gives the student athlete, I think they see it as an opportunity or a freedom of choice. You know, for so long that student athletes, they were kind of bound to the school, but the coaches the coaches could depart from the institution. Other key staff members depart from the institution during their time at the institution, but they kind of didn't have a choice. You know, they were they still had to remain at the institution, or if they leave the institution, there were penalties associated 
with leaving the institution. So immediately, the new transfer legislation for student athletes, again, is a breath of fresh air, I think, for them, give that freedom of choice, choice, those opportunities to kind of choose, hey, if I would like to attend another institution, I can do so now. I can leave in, uh, after my first year, and at least one time during my collegiate athletic career, I could transfer and be immediately eligible at the next institution. So if you look at it from a uh, coach's, coach's perspective, I think a lot of coaches are very happy with the transfer transfer portal in terms of having that opportunity to uh, bring in experienced student, experienced student athletes into their program, student athletes who could potentially contribute immediately in their program. And then on the other hand of it, some some coaches they they voice their opinion, and they're just not they're not happy they're not happy with the uh, portal. They see it more as a I think we, you've heard the terms thrown around free agent free agent pool recruiting tool. So it, it goes it goes both it goes both ways. And from a compliance perspective, you know we look at it it's it's part of the new NCAA legislation. And for us in the compliance office. We always want to make sure that we're advising the student athlete upon that new legislation and what opportunities they have and what it means for them, and just making sure we're preparing them to make a, to make a good decision, and also educating the coaches as well, so they understand what are their parameters, left and right limits in terms of the new transfer legislation. So it's all always in the compliance office. We just focus on providing the best support and the best best and most accurate information for our student athletes and coaches. How do you see it going going forward? We look back. Now how do you see it going forward? Do you see this log jam easing a little bit? Do you do you see it do you see the smoke clearing where we get back to where we were pre COVID or do you see this being a long jam for the next couple of years? I don't think we'll get back to where we were pre COVID. Uh, pre COVID that was a different totally different environment. I think we've transitioned into another era, era of collegiate athletics, and the NCAA, they'll continue to assess the new transfer legislation. And usually during that assessment period, it takes a, couple, takes a couple years to kind of flush out all the numbers and the data and kind of drive, and drive, and drive the next decision. But, I mean, I think that's pretty – that's where we're going with the uh, transfer legislation. And I'm sure – we'll see the uh, – Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, it. I'm sure it, this has made your office just even busier. You know, I'm sure with with COVID, when COVID kind of started, probably in March, that's when the NBA shut down, and then March Madness shut down, March of last year. Uh, did did you see just how this thing was was going in terms of things slowing down for your office, or did things kind of pick up for you?
had his up ticks and had his had his had his down ticks, but we consistently stayed busy with him. What's what's the biggest misconception about the whole transfer thing? The one thing that's out there that is that's totally not true that people assume that it's true because i mean of course with any new thing people say it's one thing of course you read stuff on social media you read the papers you look at espn.com what's what's the one thing out there that just that is just totally not true that you hear out there kind of in cyberspace you know the one thing that i always hear is just so far from the truth is that the student athletes highlights or in the tra- or in the transfer portal, and you can go in and look at their highlights, look at their stats, and see. Cause again, some people think it's a recruiting tool, so they think that all the hi- highlights and associated stats are, are there for the student athletes. You know how many times that I've fielded that question, or somebody had a conversation, and they thought that that was present in the transfer portal. So that's one of the biggest misconceptions that I've. Uh, heard or answer questions about on numerous occasions wow their highlights are out there and you know for every success story when it comes to the transfer portal not everyone is uh not everyone is going to uh you know get the end result that they're looking for some will be left without a home if you will And, and that's just the unfortunate part of of what we're dealing with right now isn't it Unfortunate, Charles, but I think that I think that I think that some student some student athletes they understand that they ask the questions. They know that you know they're making a choice to uh, enter enter the transfer portal, and some of them probably have a good idea a good idea that maybe they have they have a home on the other side, and some don't. Some just are looking for uh, taking the stands, looking for greener pasture. Yep, and that's just the unfortunate result. We always again that's that's kind of where we fall in. That's kind of somewhere where the compliance office falls in and just advising the sharing with those student athletes that hey this is the risk you're taking and uh this this these could be the potential consequences on the other side but by no means you know just sharing the information with them we're talking with cyrus russ here joining us here on 91.7 wprl and wprl.org talking about the transfer portal and um some of the new compliance rules and laws And we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to get into the name, image, and likeness. Some guidance has come down as of July 1st. It is a state issue, and we'll talk more about it as we continue after this timeout here on the Brave Sports Radio Network. Peek-a-boo. Peek-a-boo. Smile. Smile, buddy. Come on. Smile. Honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. Yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism. And we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. 
and it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. We are joined live on the telephone by Cyrus Russ, Senior Associate Athletic Director and Assistant Vice President for Athletic Compliance and Academic Services at Alcorn State University. Glad you can join us. I'm Charles Edmonds, sports season. You might as well say it's here. Media Day, Football Media Day is coming up on Tuesday. We'll be there to bring you wall-to-wall coverage a little before 10 o'clock. We'll get to all the coaches, the players, of course, Braves head coach Fred McNair and the crew, Commissioner Dr. Charles McClellan, John McGrand of the John Grant of the Celebration Bowl will be there. We'll talk with him. A lot to talk about and a lot to unpack. I talked with John Grant the other day, and uh, he's looking forward to it. Ticket sales are going pretty well for the Swack Miak Challenge, which is coming, which is coming up as well. All right, Mr. Russ, let's get into it. The reason why I wanted to talk with you mainly, of course, compliance is always an issue because you know the the, the Chess pieces have been moved around and some different guidance, obviously, with COVID. But now you got another thing to deal with, and the pieces will be moving on this as well. The NIL, name, image, and likeness. As of July 1st, student-athletes may earn compensation for name, image, and likeness activities, i.e. use of their publicity rights to promote athletically and non-athletically related services. All activities must be in agreement with regulations set forth by state rules, number one, and NCAA, number two. You and I have been talking for the last couple of weeks about this as we try to set this up. And the one thing that you want to stress is state rules, state of Mississippi law supersedes anything else. And we're talking about even the NCAA. So just kind of dive into that. Let's let's start there because you know, you hear NCAA, NCAA, but it's actually the rules in accordance to what the state says, the state of Mississippi in this case, because every state is doing this thing differently. Right, Charles. Uh, as I said earlier, I mean, July 1st kind of changed the landscape of collegiate athletics. And uh, Mississippi was on the cutting edge of that as they were one of the first 13 states on July 1st where their legislation uh, when it, when the legislation was expected. And the Mississippi Intercollegiate Athletic Compensation Rights Act grants our student athletes the opportunity to profit off their name, image, and likeness. I think it's a great thing for student athletes to have that opportunity. And so for us, it just presents another, uh, I won't say challenge, it's just, it's just another part of the job in being able to prepare our student athletes for this opportunity and provide them with the right guidance and the right information so that they can make good decisions again. And as we move into this new era, new era of collegiate athletics, you know, with name, image, and likeness, early on there will be some there will be some gray areas. There will be some uh, there will be some areas that we would have to uh, look at real closely because again, the NCAA they they uh, released their interim interim guidance or interim policy on June 30th, the day before most states went into effect. And state law went into effect on July 1st. So what the NCAA has said is that any state with a uh, law that was in effect, then institutions, uh, student-athletes within those states would be obligated to adhere to the state law and the NCAA, NCAA law as well. So there are some, uh, there, there are some differences between uh, state law and the NCAA law. 
but as we all Corn State that's in the state of Mississippi, we'll close we will closely follow the uh, guidance from the state of Mississippi, from the Mississippi Intercollegiate Athletic Compensation Rights Act, and lean on the NCAA for any other any other interpretive guidance that we may need as applicable for the situation. So let's talk about that a little bit because it's it's uh you've got two sides of it. Obviously, you have the student athlete on one end of you know, their representation, and then you have the university on on the other side of it. So you you've got the student athlete and whoever is representing them, whether it's attorney or whatever um, whatever company is representing them, and then you have the university. So you know there is a process for this stuff, right? I mean, it's just not just doing it willy nilly. You know, there is a chain of command, if you will. There's a process to get the university involved to make sure all I's dotted and T's are crossed. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, so, student athlete, once they, if a student athlete decides to seek third party representation for name, image, and likeness, then there is a process of them maybe selecting a lawyer or an agent. You know, if they select the if they select the agent, then the agent would have to be registered in the state of Mississippi, and also the agent would only be able to represent them in name, image, and likeness activities, and nothing related to professional athletics or any other type of contract negotiations. And the student athlete would have to uh, at least provide the institution seven days advance notice prior to uh, selecting a name, image, and likeness professional service provider. And those professional services providers, lawyers and agents fall into that category or any other third-party third party business service who may be offering that type of service to student-athletes. So the third-party vendor, that's kind of the, the group or individual that's representing the student-athlete. So before they can enter into an agreement, they, the way it sounds, and I have a, a copy of the policy as well, um, and it will be posted on the Alcorn Athletics website as well for everyone to uh, check out. When when will and we'll get back into that? When when will that happen? Um, is, is that up there now? I know you and I were talking the other day about it. So I think we'll. Ha- I think if it, if it is posted there, I think the policy will be policy and all associated documents will be posted on the website as early as next week. Um, Okay, as early as next week, so folks can uh, can uh, check it out. So there is a vetting process. It seems like just reading the, the policy myself before, and it's it probably is in the best interest of the student athlete as well as as well as the university. You you want to vet the the lawyers and attorneys and the third party providers to make sure everything is on the up and up, and that's that's kind of what this is about. You don't want to jump into it. You want to make sure everything is solid, and it's really for the universities. A benefit as well as the student athletes' benefit to try to make sure everything is level. Right, and I would say it's more so for the student athletes' benefit because we've stressed that our student athletes that you know if they're approached, if they're approached or or they're contacted with an opportunity, that is. provide them with some type of contract and that if they have a agent or lawyer or some third party representing them, give them an opportunity to review that contract agreement 
put in a, an athlete is not signing a, a document with, without awareness. And they most certainly have been advised to contact our office first and not, notify us so we can help facilitate the, the review of those type documents for them. I think you're breaking up there, uh, Mr. Russ. Can you repeat that again? So at what part do I need to start? Well, you're, you're talking about the process of, of making sure the university is protected. Like you were saying, it's more for the student athlete and making sure that, that they have what they need in order to facilitate or whatever agreement. So we want to make make sure that the student athlete is, is receiving a contractual contractual agreement or some form of a contractual agreement from any entity who would be reaching out to them or contacting them for a name, image, and likeness service. And if they uh, have, have have received a contract or some form of contractual agreement, then they notify notify our office so we can help facilitate the review of that. If they don't, if they, if student athletes themselves haven't acquired an agent, a lawyer, or any other type of third-party representation. We're talking with uh, Cyrus Russ here, and we appreciate him joining us. One of the things you and I have talked about in terms of the name, image, and likeness, and appearance, and I was using an example. Um, there's actually there was actually a post on Facebook that I copied. I didn't share it because I, I want to share it with you first to make sure that uh, that it was pretty solid. Actually, that uh, cartoonish example came out prior to July one. So if I'm a student athlete and Bob's car dealership, for example, called me, wants me to sign a few autographs for, for some of the folks, what the, what the uh, illustration that I saw, it had a number 12 jersey. So for in this case, it would be a number 12 Alcorn jersey. So the assumption I was making was that you could uh, sign autographs for Bob's car dealership, just using that as an example, with my Alcorn number 12 jersey. But that is not allowable uh, under the current rules, talk a little bit about that. And the bottom line, I guess, is you just you're representing yourself, but you can't have on any university apparel or gear. Is that correct? Uh, right, that is correct, Charles. As we uh, looked at the looked at the uh, state law again, I referenced the Mississippi Intercollegiate Athletics Compensation Rights Act. It clearly it clearly uh, advised us or shared with us that student athletes would not be able to use any of their institution logos, marks, or verbiage in any nil activity. You know, it would require it, it would require uh, expressive reconsider of, of whatever institution they was representing in the state of Mississippi if they wanted to use the, those logos or markings from the in, institution. Yeah, per state law, the use of student-athletes of any Alcorn logos, marks, Verbiage or designs in NIL activities is not permitted unless the university has provided advance written permission. Um, also, um, just looking at some of the other uh, bullet points, uh, we talked about sports betting and gambling. At this time, student athletes are prohibited from entering into NIL agreements, which entities or vendors associated with gambling, sports betting, controlled substance, marijuana, tobacco, or alcohol, performing enhancements, uh, enhancing supplements, adult entertainment, or any products that reflect adversely on the institution or athletic program. That's a that's a really big deal. There, uh, there's a lot to unpack with that. Talk about that, because sports gambling is, as we know, is a really really big deal these days. DQ presents, picture this, picture the DQ Reese's Extreme Blizzard. 
That's Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and Reese's Pieces. Plus peanut butter topping and chocolatey topping mixed in world-famous DQ soft serve. Now picture yourself digging in. To express the excitement you'll feel, I'm talking in all caps. Because it's a capital E extreme treat with all the Reese's flavor you could dream of. Underline exclamation point. <sighs> Try the DQ Reese's Extreme Blizzard and take Reese's and DQ love to a whole new level. DQ. Happy tastes good. Well, you know, this I think the state policies to remain consistent with the NCAA policies student athletes are not allowed to gamble, bet, or anything now as collegiate athletes. So you don't want to uh, again allow allow or provide that opportunity for them to be associated with, with gambling or sports betting. It's obvious uh, sec- second secondary and tertiary effect potentially could occur from, from them being involved with sports gambling or sports betting. And uh, controlled substances, marijuana, those are not those are not things that the NCAA currently allow for student athletes to participate in as well. So I think that's just the state being consistent with NCAA policy and also the, the integrity and, and, and ethics as well. NIL contract agreement activities may not conflict with academic or team schedules and responsibilities. So talk a little bit about that bullet point. So I think, again, the state is placing uh, academic took into consideration and placing that uh, student athletes are, are at the institution, they're, they're students first, and they're there to uh, gain a degree. And I think this this is kind of kind of consistent consistent with the ethos of college athletics that we want student athletes to come to the institution, get their degree, and graduate. And so, name, image, and name, image, and likeness opportunities should not conflict with that or prevent them from or interrupt their academic studies. There are, there are a lot of deals out there. I mean, it's all out there. Um, you know, the University of, and this is, you know, kind of at a bigger level, obviously on the FBS level, a barbecue joint in Fayetteville, Arkansas, is sponsoring the whole offensive line. I mean, that's just one of the deals out there. You got another kid that uh, wants $10,000 per hour for his time. Um, just, just what do you think about some of the deals that, that you've read about? I mean, it's all out there. I mean, any deal that's that's out there now, no matter how big or small, you're going to hear about it. You're going to read about it. Social media is going to put it out there. So, what, what do you think about just some of the some of the deals that you're seeing out there? Just as a as an officer, someone that's looking at at how these deals are constructed and and, and the deals that are out there now. I mean, I think we'll I think we'll continue to see uh, creativity in the deals that are offered to student athletes, and uh, it'll be an ever changing ever changing. Uh, landscape in terms of the deal i think some of the most curious some of the most curious deals i saw have come out of the state of arkansas you meant you referenced the uh, barbecue deal but also i read somewhere there was one student athlete who received the deal him and his pet because his because they saw the pictures of him and his his pet online they offered him a name image and likeness deal for petco to, uh, but the pet had to be part of the uh name image and likeness deal as well with the student athlete and so, you know, you'll see seeing a couple out there where uh, student athletes, group of student athletes, not just at Arkansas, but I think the University of Miami as well had a uh, a group a group deal as well. And it's uh, funny that you should mention uh, group deals because state of Mississippi current current legislation uh, asked that each student athlete had their own contract. There are no uh, group group contracts. 
So if someone were offering a student athlete that type of uh, deal in the state of Mississippi, then within that group deal, each student athlete would have to have their own individual contract. So if yeah, you know, so if that were to happen, uh, so if a group wanted to sponsor the the D line, it'd have to be you wouldn't be looking at one contract for four players on the D line. You would be looking at actually four different contracts. Correct. Each student athlete would have to have their own contract. What What are some? And, of, uh, I'm not sure if you saw you referenced some of the other deals out there that have been interest. I'm not sure if you saw the two twin, the two twin student athletes out of California and their deal. So it's just uh, and deals are made uh, not because student athletes have varying opportunities varying opportunities for their deals and some of the things are being taken into consideration of course their own field accomplishments but they also take a deep dive and look at the uh, size and quantity of a student athlete's social media follow that's all it's all about building their brand and the quality of their brand so you've seen some student athletes who are not necessarily best players on the team or had the most on-field accomplishments but they had huge uh, social media follow following they've been able to achieve deals as well what what are the biggest uh pitfalls every rule has a pit has a positive but also there's a pitfall there there's a hole waiting for you to to, to step in if if you're not careful if you don't see the the signs that the hole is there what what are i mean i know we're just what three weeks into this legislation i mean july 1 is when it started so it's going to be raw and new i guess let's let's start there because you can't come up with, you know, every possible pitfall or scenario because it's still fairly new. And and you and I talked about it the other day. I mean, every school, I mean, Alcorn, Jackson State, Valley, Alabama, they're all learning. We're all learning as we go here. No one has all of the answers. And I think that's the one thing that we all have to kind of take from this. This is fairly new. At, different states are doing different things. But we're all still trying to figure this thing out as we go. some gray areas and you identify 
potential pitfalls and potential uh, pluses for our student athletes as well. Well, let's let's talk about the pluses because obviously that's you know I mean it it's a win financially for the student athlete. Um, let's talk about that because that's what this is all about. I mean, it's been talked about forever and a day. You know, universities obviously are making are profiting from student athletes what they do on the field. So student athletes want to profit from their name being out there. So just talk about you know the positives that that you see uh, coming out of this this legislation that was approved statewide. July 1st. I think you just stated the number one positive is our student athletes having an opportunity to profit off their name, image, and likeness. Them having the opportunity to uh, earn some income prior to them graduating from the institution. And all the things associated with this, uh, I, I know I stated earlier that we provide uh, financial, financial education resources and materials for our student athletes, but in the past, you know, we provided that to them, and a lot of them didn't actually have any, a whole lot of money to manage. But you know, now some of them potentially coming up, they they'll have that they'll have those uh, that money to manage, and the financial uh, resources, the education that's being provided to them can be put into use immediately, and you know, provides the student athletes with an opportunity to get a get a faster, greater start in life because all student athletes are not going to transition to to professional sports. But while they're in college, you know, they may have the may have may be granted some great opportunities to profit off their name, image, and likeness. And I think that's an immediate that's an immediate impact. And it's huge. It's huge. It's huge for student athletes. We're talking with so- being able to. Uh, go ahead. Oh no! no I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Finish your point. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. I was just saying, just being able to just, just being able to provide them with the resources to help them catapult themselves to the next phase of life. Cause that's, that's what we all always want to do, prepare them for that next phase of life. And these opportunities are going to definitely do that for our student athletes. We're going to take a break right here. And there's another aspect, financial literacy and information. There's a IRS component to this that, uh, that was brought to my attention recently and something you and I have talked about and we'll talk about it as well. We're talking with Cyrus K. Russ, Senior Associate Athletic Director, Assistant Vice President for Athletic Compliance and Academic Services at Alcorn State University. We'll take a break right here and we'll be right back after this. Time out on the Brave Sports Radio Network. Alcorn State University and the Trademark and Licensing Administration have joined to coordinate the placement of the university marks, both externally and internally, on items including shirts, caps, or other products. The university licenses will only use those products which reflect positively upon the university and are in keeping with the university's mission. The trademark and licensing of the Alcorn State University insignia was established to protect the Alcorn State University name and identifying marks. Trademark and Licensing Administration works to preserve and promote the university's longstanding reputation as a center of academic and athletic excellence. Merchandise vendors wishing to use the university's identifying marks on commercial products must be licensed vendors who have obtained permission to use Alcorn State University marks by securing trademark licenses. Campus organizations that want university identifying marks on their internal use products must hire licensed vendors to produce these items. To learn more about the licensing and trademark requirements, visit www.alcorn.edu slash trademark and licensing administration. 
All right, welcome back. We are live. I'm Charles Edmond. Glad you can join us here on 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org. Name, image, and likeness. That's the story these days in collegiate athletics. We're talking with Cyrus Russ, Senior Associate Athletic Director and Vice President of Athletic Compliance and Academic Services. Uh, We talk about information. We talk about education, and I'm sure that's a part of this as these student athletes enter into these agreements, I'm sure you, as part of the rules, you you have to submit your your proposal to the university if you're a student athlete. And I, I was listening to a talk show last week, and a part of it, obviously, you're getting income from these services, and the income is taxed. And that's uh, I'm sure that's part of the uh, the financial information that that you share. I'm sure with the student athletes that. Yeah, you're getting this money, but that's also income and how that could possibly impact other things in terms of financial aid and other aspects of it. Something that I have yet to hear anywhere. But you and I talked about it just the other day. Where do you see that going? You know that whatever income student athletes receive is going to be taxed. And, you know, that's pretty obvious. But there are other you know sidebars to this as well. So that's a uh, that's the area that that's the area that presents another opportunity as well as we begin to plan to uh, be able to educate our student athletes in regards to um, income tax income tax reporting with the IRS. Those are all areas. Those are all areas of education that we'll, we'll provide for our student athletes to be able to assist them, or some have some other third party resource there to share that type of information with them. So that they are they are they are aware that that there will be uh, there will be reporting requirements, you know, and you receive those those con- you receive those contracts, and you receive your payment, and the potential uh, potential potential impact potential impact of that because we all know the income is reportable and income will be taxed. So those are a number of other discussions that have occurred occurred around that. The potential for student athletes established in uh, LLC, LLC. So those are again all, all 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 opportunities to provide education and resources resources for our student athletes, so that so that they're aware and they understand the next step and the next phase of, of development in those areas. And we talked about it as well. As it relates to uh, as it relates to, as it relates to uh, Pell Grant. Need-based financial aid; those all will be case by case, case by case situations as it as applicable to individual student athletes. Everybody's situation is going to be different in the name, image, and likeness there in terms of the uh, income they earn in one particular deal or the income they earn over a period of time, year to year. How many um how many student athletes have have come into your office to talk about the uh, name, image, and likeness so far? So uh, we so so far we've had uh, several student athletes uh, individually just kind of have a conversation, but we've uh, presented a team com- team conversations with our student athletes that are on campus. They're on campus right now, so we've talked to them in group in group settings, and we just had several again several student athletes come by for more additional information. Just one on one conversation, and there's going to be a more uh, formal setting. Uh, I understand that uh, there will be some town hall meetings set up 
over the next few weeks to get even more folks involved and inform more people about about the name, image, and likeness, the whole community concept. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, we, we plan for uh, two, actually two town halls in the very near future. Uh, definitely another one focused focus for our student for our student athletes and their uh, parents and guardians and whoever, whoever has supervised authority over those student athletes so that we can have a uh, another one-on-one conversation with those student athletes, with their parents, with their parents present and have, giving them the opportunity to. The Velociraptor relied on its keen eyesight and sense of smell, while today creatures rely mostly on sound, touch, this coke is cold. and taste. <sighs> Grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola and treat your senses at Universal Orlando Resort, home of the new Jurassic World Velocicoaster. Florida residents can feel the rush all year with a Universal Orlando Pass from less than $15 a month after down payment. Based on a two-part seasonal pass, 0% APR restrictions apply. Visit UniversalOrlando.com receiving more a more direct and responsive information in regards to name image and likeness and another session plans that we can that we can also uh, educate our alumni our, our boosters and just the general all corn community so as name image and likeness continue to continue to develop we want to provide those opportunities and those platforms to share to share to share to share information and uh, answer those questions for our supporters out there. And because this is so new, we're talking about state uh, guidance overseeing everything, but we haven't even talked about the potential for what this, for what the feds are going to do. How, and you know, this coming at some point, you're going to get some federal guidance as well. How do you think that will uh, affect or change the landscape, if at all? I think it's already it already has, as you can see the. NCAA label their label their guy interim interim policy, <laughs> knowing that there's knowing knowing that there's more to come from the federal government, and uh, you know most states have went into action and went ahead and and enforced their legislation and effective dates for their legislation, and uh, some states have even delayed it or some states have pushed it up in some cases, but everybody is kind of just waiting to see what's, what's going to be the next action from the uh, federal government in, in terms of name, image, and likeness. And it will have an impact across the landscape because it will cause, will, will, cause, will cause people to review legislation or policies that are already already in place. And we'll kind of go back to the, go back to the drawing board. That's why we, we, all understand, we all understand that we, we are in an ever-changing environment. And I think we're well suited to adjust and uh, keep moving through the environment. We just, most of us are conditioned. Uh, COVID was a very challenging environment, and there were a lot of changes to policies and legislation that came very fast and happened very quick. And so I think we'll see the same thing here with name, image, and likeness as, as it continues to evolve. Was was name, image, and likeness a quick a, a quick hitter for, for you and your office, or did you kind of sense that, it wasn't a matter of if it was coming; it was a matter of when it was coming. Well, we kind of knew it was coming uh, in, the, in the spring. We knew it was coming for the state of Mississippi, as the state of Mississippi noted that their legislation would uh, be effective July first. So, as you know, we've already had some things in place to kind of help assist, kind of help assist our staff and the, and the institution and the athletic department. And, you know, it's kind of 
forward thinking, forward thinking from individuals at the university, just kind of bracing ourselves and being prepared, knowing that the uh, state legislation to come. Where there was some uncertainty for us is the NCAA legislation and how it would impact the state legislation. But on the night of uh, June 30th, as we anxiously awaited the NCAA kind of conceded that, you know, state state legislation would, the states with legislation in place, those state, those state legislative actions would supersede NCAA policy. So you got three levels. You got the state. That's kind of what we Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was, I was asking, the, you know, so you got three levels. Obviously, we're dealing with state policy now, the NCAA, and then the the feds eventually will 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 kick in. Um, that just kind of interesting how that how that went down because, you know, the NCAA has always been kind of the forefront of things, and they just kind of yielded to the states and let the states kind of deal with it. And I mean, so you could actually be pivoting again here soon if if the feds win, the feds do jump in and and have their own guidance. Yeah, that's. I mean, because that's what we're 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 expecting. We're expecting that. We're looking for it. I don't know how hard how hard the pivot will be, or what direction we'll pivot in. But again, you know, the guy that said interim interim policy from the NCAA. So we know that we know that the pivot is coming. We're not. We just got to brace ourselves and prepare for what the pivot will be. We're talking with Cyrus. I think we're students. We're students. Go, go ahead, Cyrus. I'm sorry. I was about to say. I think we're suited. We're suited to do that. You know, we have a very, uh, very capable, capable group of individuals on campus as part of uh, as part of our name, image, and likeness task force. And we'll just continue to look at scenarios, possible scenarios, and keep our ear to the keep our ear to the ground and keep our eyes open and, and look forward to what other, what other changes may be coming and when they come. Talk about that task force, um, something we didn't talk about the other day, but uh, I'm glad to hear that. It's this task force, I'm sure, a group of folks just to deal with this NIL stuff. Uh, just just talk a little bit about that and putting that group together. So the, the task force is there just for us to kind of look at name, image, and likeness and our potential scenarios associated with name, image, and likeness and potential pivot points, potential pivot points for us in the future as an institution and how we would have to adjust as the landscape changes. So I think it's totally designed, totally designed for us to be be, proact- be proactive in our actions and um, just, again, taking a look at what's happening now, what could potentially could happen in the future, and being able to provide the best resources for our student-athletes, our staff, as we move forward in the name, image, and likeness era. One of the big rules um, as part of the guidance, Alcorn State University athletics department or institutional staff members, alumni slash booster individuals or other entities may not provide compensation to a prospective or current student athlete to enter into an NIL agreement as a recruiting inducement before that student athlete is enrolled in a particular institution. So if I'm a, if I'm a supporter, if I'm an Alcornite, you know, we always talk at uh, at these uh, athletic events and coaches shows. You know, if you're an Alcornite supporter, want to support the institution, what can I do? That question gets asked all the time to every coach. So in this case, if uh, if I'm a supporter, if I'm Bob's Dry Cleaners, who's an Alcornite who wants to to get involved with this, 
what are some of the things that I, I have to do and what I need to do to make sure that this thing is done right? So I think for our listeners on the line tonight, I mean, I think they're taking the first step. Just uh, listening, becoming familiar with, with the state legislation, you know, becoming familiar with uh, NCAA policies, and just, just understanding what are, what are the parameters that the student-athlete has to operate in and what, param- what parameters those entities or potential uh, partners or sponsors have to operate have to operate in because again a booster or someone associated with Alcorn State University could potentially have could could potentially be aware of some opportunity as we know at all times questions get questions get asked conversations are had outside of the institution outside of the compliance office outside of outside of Alcorn outside of Alcorn in general and just being able to provide the right right response by knowing where to knowing where to point a person in the right direction for information. That's key. So if a person has a question, if a business owner has a question, who do they need to contact and contact your office? Give us names and information and phone numbers. So they would always be able to uh, contact six zero one. Eight seven seven six one one four, and uh, we have a uh, we set up an e- uh, email, o o a e c at allcorn edu. So that's an email into the compliance into the compliance office. So that if one person doesn't see it, and all all persons all persons see the email, and we're aware that we have a request for information there in reference to uh, name, image, and likeness. Have you received any um, any calls or emails from prospective uh, supporters, businesses that, uh, that that may you know be interested in a student athlete's name, image, and likeness? Have you received that? You kind of broke up a little bit, Charles. Can you can you repeat your question? Yeah. Um, have you received any calls from any any outsiders, businesses, supporters that 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 want to be a part of this? I mean, I, I receive information requests and a couple phone calls. Just people interested and wanting wanting to know. Even before uh, July first, just people kind of wanting to know what what the tenor what what, what the tenor of the legislation would be. What would be uh, what would be some of the things they could and could could not do. So those were those were expected, and we, we continue to uh, field phone calls and emails. Well, as I you, think m- the interest, I think we're just I think we're just on the I think we're just on the cusp of the uh, information request that we'll start to receive. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say, Cyrus Russ. I mean, we're just two weeks into this thing, and uh, we got a long way to go before it's cut and dry. And I think that's that's the thing. People are going to bump their heads. Uh, but you know, you're not trying to do it. But it's just being so new. No one really knows how this thing is gonna go. Um, so is this just one of those things like uh, APR, where people bump their heads with APR, and eventually we all kind of figured out what APR is about and some of the pitfalls there. Is that is that the right kind of example? Because APR was confusing the heck out of me until it didn't. Well, I think with I think with anything I think with any anything new, Charles, there there are going to be some uh, pitfalls. 
there are going to be some uh, head, head head stretching moments, and, and, and there are going to be some uh, there are going to be some times you got to ask yourself the question twice. But I, I think again that we are situated to situated to provide the right information, timely information, because we do have a plan. So it, 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 if you have a plan, then I think you're going in the right direction. So again. There will be some pitfalls, but we have a plan. So, but having a plan and having uh, having things in place to assist you as you move through as you move through the initial challenges of name, image, and likeness, you know, I think you'd be you're better better suited. And again, and, not, and saying not saying that not not saying that we because we have a plan we won't have any pitfalls, but again, having a plan helps you out. Well, always a plan. That's always a key because then you have a pathway to success with the plan. And um, the plan seems to be very sound. Uh, I understand, but this is our final question. You had a conference call with, with state officials. Uh, you know, what, what, what were their thoughts on, on all this, just trying to unpack everything and trying to get everybody on the same page? So as you keep your ear to the ground, I see. But, uh, I mean, I, I would love to be able to. I would love to be able to, to discuss that, but that's not something that I'm privy to discuss in this in this audience right now. But I will tell you that I, I will tell you that uh, we've had we've had uh, telephone calls outside of that and conversation outside of that with our co- with our colleagues in the SWAC and out of the SWAC, and that we've all uh, we've all brainstormed the situation, shared ideas with each other. And that uh, we're situated to support, to support, to be mutually supportive of each other. If we have questions and how we can, how we can help each other. Cyrus Russ joining us, a senior associate athletic director, assistant vice president for athletic compliance and academic services. Fifteen months ago, was dealing with uh, COVID nineteen and the transfer portal, and now fifteen months later. Name, image, and likeness added to his plate, and I'm sure there'll be more to come as we roll forward. As sports season is right around the corner, as we know, football's right around the corner, and uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, hearing some of these deals. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to, to that, just the creativity of some of this stuff, um, but we'll be following all of that as we go along. Mr. Russ, we appreciate you coming on with us, taking an hour out of your day and of course, give us again for people who have questions, potential, you know, supporters, uh, business folks who want to, you know, do this thing the right way. Give us that information once again. Okay, Charles. The email is ooaec at allcorn dot edu. telephone number is six zero one eight seven seven six one one four. And Charles, if I may, I just want to say thank you to the great Arcanites who tune in tonight. And I know that our Alcorn family is going to support us. And I, I mean, I'm so I'm so glad to be an Alcorn brave because I know that our village our village is going to stand by us and they're going to support our student athletes in this new all these new endeavors. So it's great news. Looking for great news moving forward. And Alcorn, thank you again. And we'll be talking again real soon as we continue to put our teeth into this name, image, and likeness. It's going at uh, lightning speed, and I'm looking forward to staying on top of it. We really appreciate you coming on with us. Hey, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, I think I want to thank Dr. Nave and uh, Mr. Horn 
for being progressive and being being supportive as we engage in these uh, new endeavors. That'll do it. Cyrus Russ joining us, Senior Associate Athletic Director, Assistant Vice President for Athletic Compliance and Academic Services here at Alcorn State University, talking about NIL, name, image, and likeness. That'll do it. I'm Charles Edmund. Glad you can join us. Don't forget, SWAC Football Media Day, Tuesday at 9.45 in the morning, wall-to-wall coverage. I'm Charles Edmund. chemical found its way. I'm Charles Edmund. Thank you for joining us. Tune in to WPRA 91.7 FM broadcast. DQ presents Picture This. Picture the DQ Reese's Extreme Blizzard. That's Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and Reese's Pieces. Plus peanut butter topping and chocolatey topping mixed in world famous DQ soft serve. Now picture yourself digging in. To express the excitement you'll feel, I'm talking in all caps because it's a capital E Extreme Treat with all the Reese's flavor you could dream of. Underline exclamation point. <sighs> Try the DQ Reese's Extreme Blizzard and take Reese's and DQ Love to a whole new level. DQ. Happy tastes good. I'd like to taste the real Italian coffee, please. What is the real Italian coffee? L'espresso. In a capsule? Blended by the masters. Yes. Lavazza Espresso Italiano. A rich, full-bodied taste made from the finest Arabicas by the masters of espresso. Lavazza.